politics without the soap opera with unfiltered constitutional conservative truth. The Conservative Review with Daniel Horowitz. And welcome back, American patriots, to the Conservative Review podcast. Independent conservatives, common sense Americans, you guys need a home, you need a voice, you need a place to go. Conservativereview.com is your website. At RM Conservative is the Twitter account. Go to our YouTube page and like our videos, because frankly, folks, we have a Marxist decivilization party and we have a liberal party. We don't have an independent conservative constitutionalist party in America, but that's our job to go and create that new movement. You know, I've always felt that when it comes to the political elite level, nobody's a conservative anymore, even those who say they are. But when it comes to the average American, most people, even if they don't know it, they live the lives of independent conservatives. And and, and what does that mean? It means that we expect from our government safety and security and then leave us alone. Do the core jobs that the feds are supposed to do from external threats. States and localities are supposed to protect us from internal threats. And then leave us alone. We are not here to help other countries, other illegal aliens, people coming in. You know, the reality is, This is the national private property of the American citizen, and it's of nobody's to give away. Just as I'm going on air here, Thursday, August 22nd, I see yet another attempted rape case by an illegal alien in Sanctuary, Montgomery County, Maryland. And if not for this terrific local ABC reporter who has finally sank his teeth into this and is going to go after all these cases, we would never even know about this. And this happens in every county. I'm working on a major piece tomorrow on Sanctuary Cities about so many criminal aliens that are killing and maiming in the most gruesome ways, usually not even with a gun. And they should never have been here. They should have been deported. There is no soul searching. You know, I just remember today, remember almost two years ago in Uzbeki National, who was here on a visa from the diversity visa lottery, attempted to blow up a New York subway. And we were going to talk about getting rid of the diversity visa lottery. A no brainer. Nobody supports that. Under no philosophy does randomness make make sense in immigration policy. And I just remembered it like it went nowhere. It went nowhere. Um, we're going to have a guest on very special guest. I want to I want to preface this by saying. I came before you in July and put out an American August blueprint of what a sane party would do to stay in session for August and focus relentlessly on the forgotten American taxpayer. The forgotten American taxpayer who is forced to subsidize illegal immigration, sanctuary cities, identity theft, all of the things that are never talked about. And then also, if we had time to discuss the debt that is saddling us, and it ain't going to be the legal aliens paying for it, I'll tell you that much. And nothing. There there was no impetus to act. Still no impetus to act. Democrats seize on a narrative that they think is winning for them with the El Paso shooting and Republicans take it up and they promise when they come back in two weeks from August recess, that's the first thing they're going to bring up. Just since the El Paso shooting, I have a stack of papers here that I printed out just of the rapes and murders of illegal at the hands of illegal aliens that I have that I've seen just since El Paso 
the death toll is over that of El Paso. There is no soul, ser soul, soul searching. There is no impetus to act. There is no discussion from a single Republican in a single position of power, except for one. Congressman Chip Roy is no stranger to this program. Um, as you guys well know, before we went to video, he's been on our show many times. He's a freshman congressman from uh, District 21 in Texas between Austin and San Antonio. Um, but he is not like any other freshman. He's not sitting in a witness protection program. He's engaging on the critical issues of our time. And that's why I figured I'd bring him in from a hotel room. He's traveling, but he is still always willing to engage this audience, unlike most other members of Congress. Chip, welcome for the first time to our revamped Conservative Review podcast. Good morning, Daniel. I wish I was uh, had a background of the Hill Country for my home uh, when I was doing this, but I'm delighted to be, uh, I'm out here with some good conservative friends and the House Freedom Fund and Mark Meadows and Jim Jordan and a couple others. we got some strategy meetings and a few other things going on in California for a day. And I fly back tomorrow. I dropped my kids off at school for the first day of school yesterday morning, flew out here, and then I'm going to fly back later today. So appreciate joining. So I'm glad you mentioned the strategy meeting. So maybe you could take this with you um, from our audience. And, and again, I think I speak for not just conservatives. And, and there's a lot of non-conservatives who have found this program and they said, wow, this is something refreshing. I don't really hear this elsewhere that we don't want other countries criminals. We, we got enough of our own. And I think that's something we could all agree on that if you have in your jurisdiction, you have arrest records, you have sex offender registries, you have parole records, Gee, I mean, we all agree we have a, such a recidivism problem among American criminals. We certainly don't want others. Yet we have the breakdown of the rule of law. Imagine if you had a bunch of cities saying we will not deploy our National Guard units to Iraq or anywhere else on the president's orders, just engaging in civil disobedience against something that is 100 percent within the contours of federal power. And we just kind of go on like as if nothing happened. Why is there no impetus among your colleagues to deal with sanctuary cities? Well, and, and it's not just sanctuary cities, as you and your listeners know, right? The the backing up for a second, I, I do want to thank you, and I think your listeners uh, are um, uh, are going to be among the more informed people in the United States right now about the extent to which our core duty and our core responsibility as a government is to secure the people. Right? It's our duty as a sovereign nation. This is the thing that frustrates me. I'm sitting in Texas and our borders are getting essentially assaulted every single day. And the federal government is completely failing to do its job. And as a result, we have communities, we have mayors, like the mayor of Uvalde, Texas, who came up and did a press conference with me in Washington, DC, where you've got uh, fear by ranchers to even be there with their families. You've got you know, uh, car chases in the middle of these small towns that are quiet, small towns. There's gunfire going on and a major battle going on between the Gulf Cartel and the uh, Cartel del Noreste of Los Zetas. And there's a literal battle war going on across the river in Tamaulipas, the state, right across the border. Now, that's a stretch from what you just started with, with sanctuary cities, but it's sanctuary cities. It's just the failure of the federal government to do its job. It's a recalcitrant liberal uh, establishment in cities like in San Antonio, where they won't even admit that they've got a sanctuary city, but they won't go actually carry out the law. In fact, they work against local law enforcement. There's a, a brewing scandal about 
what the chief of police in San Antonio did and was refused to do with respect to these truckloads of immigrants and making sure we go after the drivers and figure out how to stop it. All of this, by the way, as you know and I know, is horrible for the security of American citizens, but also horrible for the migrants riding in the back of truck cars. Or as uh, one of my friends down on the border, Hector Garza, sent me a video yesterday where they pulled out, I don't know, 30 or something uh, yeah. migrants from a water tanker truck. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that's going on on a daily basis. In the name of compassion, we're saying that we should have these wide open borders. And that to me is just terrible. And then lastly, I'll say this, you know, uh, this has real consequences for real people. We've been highlighting and you've been highlighting the uh, what's going on in Montgomery, Maryland. You know, that young woman who was raped violently that we saw the details uh, that were posted in the last few days that was violently raped uh, in her apartment complex in Montgomery County, Maryland, one of the richest counties right outside of Washington, D.C., our nation's capital. And that's happening. And it was, a, if I remember correctly, Honduran who was here. And this is clearly as a result of what we're allowing to happen with wide open borders, with this influx of folks from Central America. And it cannot continue. Yeah, I cannot look at Lori Vargas, whose son, Jared, was murdered in San Antonio 13 months ago, was thankfully just convicted of that murder in San Antonio. And I'm thankful to the prosecution teams there who did that. We're waiting for the sentencing. But this kind of stuff continues. And by the way, last point, this has nothing to do with where these individuals are from, what they look like, who they are. Uh, I don't want anybody coming into our country without knowing who they are, what their yeah. criminal background is. I don't care whether they come from Mexico. I don't care if they come from Russia. I don't care whether they come from England. I don't care whether they come from Japan. Nobody should come here without knowing what their background is and according to the rule of law, because it's better for us and it's better for the people who come here. And by the way, we're going to flash on the screen here the article I did a couple weeks ago about the D.C. area is ground zero for the border. It's right. actually not at the border. Yeah. It is the worst universally regarded by all law enforcement. Mm -hmm. Fairfax County on the Virginia side, Prince William County on the Virginia side, uh, Moco and uh, PG County on the Maryland side. The highest concentration of MS-13 mm -hmm. in the country. It's right around the nation's capital where the politicians reside. And um, there's no impetus to do with it. I'll just tweak one thing you said. It has nothing to do with where you come from. Well, there is one yeah. little thing with that, actually. Actually, there's one thing. Those affected most often and most immediately by our lack of enforcement are those in the Hispanic community, Americans and immigrants. Of all the cases I'm dealing with, almost every sexual assault yeah. is some sort of immigrant. You know, obviously, they don't release the identity. Um, <clears throat> a good amount of the murders. We're dealing with um, just one in Camden, this woman who was very active in the Hispanic church. So I'm assuming she was, um, you know, involved in the Hispanic community in Camden, New Jersey. Again, she let this illegal alien in her house. I have confirmed that he's an illegal alien from Ecuador, overstayed his visa. New Jersey is a sanctuary, so he knows he could remain there undetected. The exact opposite of 8 U.S.C. 1324, that you have to be detected. Yeah. And guess what? Um, he suffocated her to death. And again burnings suffocations notice how it's the person it's the criminal right. it's not, the not the object right. and this is what i don't understand chip yeah. you've been following politics you know probably a little longer than me probably into the 80s me into the you know since the 90s I think it was a nice and way of daniel just calling me old there ladies and gentlemen 
Well, I don't see too much gray hair there. <laughs> you don't see any hair. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it still comes out in the camera sometimes. You know, I'm starting to get gray hair. But, but Chip, look, you and I talk about this all the time, how we, we say over the last generation, what has conservatism conserved? What have Republicans conserved? But I will tell you, Chip, in my entire career, I have never seen a time where the entire so-called center-right movement and Republican Party has less of a narrative, less of a focus. You could have an illegal alien 9-11 in this country, and they won't talk about it. And here's the thing. The left will take any sliver of a issue, yeah. and they'll say, that's the issue, that's the whole issue, our diagnosis is the issue, our solution is the issue, what are you going to do about it? Right. Huh? Huh? Guns, red flag laws. And then but but you people like you will get put on the defense because we're not relentlessly every day saying, wait a minute, we have person after person that a hundred percent could have been prevented from committing a crime because any foreign national by definition should have been out of here, especially the repeat offender right. offenders. I want you to just speak about for a minute in your state of Texas, ongoing investigation, Billy Chemimer, an illegal alien who finagled himself into status, but is still a foreign national from Kenya is now accused of suffocating with a pillow, 19. 19 Texan seniors. And I don't see your governor. I don't see your statewide elected officials. I don't see the congressman saying, why wasn't he deported after the the um, assault charges, the multiple DUI convictions? How did he get status? How did he wind up getting a green card? And unlike with a gun where all your colleagues could talk about all you, all they want, Nobody could point to a silver bullet to say that could have prevented the guy, even if you're a liberal on gun control. I I can't get any of your colleagues to talk about this stuff. You know, Daniel, I said, you know, if I were going to be charitable, I would say that it's because, you know, we run around and we're busy doing things. And so you don't you don't pick up on every story. But I've been trying to put out information on that story, probably not as much as I should should be. And I, and I need to focus on it more. But we it, it's 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 unbelievable to me. And I, you pointed it out. I think the issue is this. Republicans um, are always on the defensive and respond to what you just pointed out that our Democrat colleagues do, which is anytime there's one issue, they blow it up, make it the cause, and then Republicans respond to it. Instead of, instead of Republicans dismissing whatever they're blowing up and focusing on the real issues that we know are really harming the American people, and focusing on our job to secure the border, our job to have sovereignty, our job to enforce law. I mean, in what universe is 19 alleged murders not a, a equivalent kind of mass murder or, or, or worse yeah. because of the nature in which you could more readily and easily solve it than is what uh, they're making out the issues out of certain other crimes that are being carried out, or at least, and I said equivalent, you know, murder is murder. But this is something that you could go solve by having stronger enforcement of our immigration laws and not allowing this kind of thing to occur. And uh, I don't, for the life of me, know why we're not making a bigger issue out of that one um, or what you just pointed out, the violence that is underway in and around Washington, D.C. Now, I remember the story last year of a the, like that murder where that it was a young woman that was involved with murdering the person right by the lake down there, right outside of San, uh, right outside of Washington D.C. And there's just violent murders and violent groups. If you go down and look at the videos of what's going on at the border, the border patrol gets, 
and see the beatings that are administered by the cartel del Noreste or the Gulf Cartel's Reynosa faction. And they show these beatings to family members and then hold them up for ransom and send it to family members to make them send more money. And they then hold them on the hook for money when they send them to America. And then they're in ransom houses. And then, as you point out, they then get uh, abused or raped here by other migrants because we're not doing our job to protect them. I was just talking to the person in the attorney general's office yesterday in Texas who's responsible for running the human trafficking division, which for listeners, to be clear, that doesn't human trafficking in that context isn't the you know flow across the border. Human trafficking is how it's defined in at least in Texas on how we focus on trafficking and sex trafficking and trade inside that people are being basically enslaved by others in Texas. There are something like 69,000 underage uh, people in Texas subject to the sex trafficking trade, according to some estimates. Yep. 234,000 that are subject to labor trafficking. The vast majority of those 234,000 in labor trafficking trade are people who come here on guest workers visas. So I get all these yep. leftists and these liberals who say, we need more, and even Republicans, uh, and, and really Republicans in the Chamber of Commerce, Wall Street Journal crowd who want their cheap labor and love to say, hey, why don't you stand on the Rio Grande River with a no trespassing sign, but then hold up a little sign in one hand saying, help wanted, wink, <laughs> wink, come on in around the back door because I want my cheap labor, but I want to pretend to say that I believe in border security. And that's what we actually face every single day. And so those guest workers that come in under America and our great system, they then get abused in a labor and a black market labor system because they got sold a bill of goods back home. Our entire system is upside down. Nobody seems to give a damn about it. Now you've got 19 dead Texans in and around Fort Worth at nursing's home, nursing homes. You know, 75, 80, 85 year old Insane. people that have been smothered to death with a pillow. I mean, how sick and grotesque is that? And now we've got people running around uh, concerned about a, a weapon. <laughs> And how a sick individual from Texas used that weapon in El Paso, which we should be concerned about, but not concerned about a guy who went around smothering old people. It's insane. And again, it demonstrates it's it's the, it's the person, not the item. Right. And, and we have about <clears throat> 16, 17,000 homicides a year in America. By the way, more than half of them are blacks, more than half. Meaning in raw numbers, right. there are more black people murdered in this country than whites, even though they're about 13 percent of the population. And almost all of them murdered are committed by knives or handguns, not rifles. And they're committed by repeat offenders. This El Paso shooter and several similar ones are very unique and confounding. But almost all of the deaths, you have to look at it in totality. Right. And then we see all these illegal alien cases <clears throat> where it's 100% illegal for them to own any firearm and they get them anyway and they murder, but they had prior records that they could have been removed. Right. And I just don't see this narrative. Instead, your colleagues are all over the map with, we lock up too many people in this country. Oh man, too many people. Any person who lives in the real world knows that for every one person you could show me that you think is over sentenced, there are murderers, rapists, repeat offenders with rap sheets as long as hell that serve 90 days here, probation here, violate the probation 10 times and never get locked up. 
What planet do these people live on? So, so now we're in a scenario chip where some of your colleagues that are pushing to lock up the guns are trying to let out the dudes doing it, including the firearm felons. The second most common conviction in federal prison is firearms felonies. <clears throat> they, your colleagues, before you came there, voted to let out several thousand firearm felons right. from fe federal prison. You know, what, what really is galling about that, I'm a former federal prosecutor in the United States Attorney's Office. I was a part of the Project Safe Neighborhoods program, which was designed and developed very specifically to have coordination between local law enforcement and federal law enforcement to stop repeat offenders by going after those who are felons in possession of weapons. Now, we can have a whole theoretical conversation about whether that's a specific federal purpose um, and whether that's, you know, what, what the founders meant and what they wanted in terms of a limited federal government. But in terms of national security and the flow of, of, of uh, and, and securing our nation with respect to the flow of weapons in and around our country by felons, Project Safe Neighborhoods proved to be a very, very effective tool to make our country safer. People forget, they have very short memories, that Dallas in the 1980s, Houston in the 1980s, New York City in the 1980s, Washington, D.C. in the 1980s was completely and entirely unlivable. You couldn't go into these cities without worrying about danger and death and murders yeah. in specific areas of the cities. And there was concerted effort under law enforcement regimes. Uh, Rudy Giuliani is fairly famous for this in New York City. But it was a nationwide effort in coordination at state and local level, federal level law enforcement to stop bad guys from, uh, from recidivism and getting back out and carrying out these crimes again. I locked away bad, bad guys who were running drugs and who are using weapons they shouldn't have used. And we clean up the streets and you make the world safer and secure again. And look, people who live in inner city areas that are now have safer areas were one of the first ones to be thankful for those act actions. And now we're going in the exact wrong direction. And I, for the life of me, don't understand what the, the talking point of, well, we only have X percent of the world's population, but we have, you know, 25 percent of the, of the incarcerated population. Look, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't. I am not bothered by those numbers in the slightest bit, so long as I know that every person who's, who is locked away is locked away for a crime that he or she in fact committed, yeah. and that they were uh, tried by a jury of their peers, that they've got due process, and that there's a safety valve possibility to make sure that someone isn't locked away who shouldn't be, um, and that yes, you have sentences that are fair. But I'm not concerned that if you're locking up bad guys, that's a good thing. That means you're sending a message that law and order matters. It means your streets are safer. It means that bad guys aren't out on the street. And um, we should always give people the ability to get out if they've been wrongfully locked up. But this move, this pendulum in that direction is ignoring what's happening, and it's causing blinders to get put on about what's happening with people coming across our border. And that's exactly my point. Your colleagues on the Republican side could have a perfect counter narrative. Mm -hmm. Hey, you Democrats want to cast a broad net on constitutional rights of a broad array of people to focus on an item. But when you actually have the bad people in your crosshairs, you let them go. We talk about this every day. I mean, I'm, I see sex offender cases, child molesting cases. They don't serve a day in jail. It's, it's called like intensive sex offender probation, not a day in, in prison. And, and here's the thing you mentioned. I'm glad you mentioned the numbers about incarceration. What no one ever talks about, even with these amazing incarceration numbers, still every this is a 2017, according to the FBI, 6,013 murder cases went uncleared. 
79,000 rape cases, 206,000 robbery cases, and 349,000 aggravated assault cases. Notice I didn't mention the word drugs there. Um, those are without drugs. Um, hundreds of thousands in one year, and this is reoccurring every year, go uncleared. And by the way, a cleared crime could be a guy is convicted um, but serves no time, just probation, or serves just a year. Right. That's considered a cleared case, and there's plenty of those. Or there's three assailants, and one is 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 convicted that's considered a cleared case i mean this is why is there no soul searching and no broader discussion of why do we have so much violence in this country as a broad question they focus on one type of violence from one type of person with one type of weapon that so happens to be what are the numbers again um it's roughly two thousand people have died from mass shootings and that includes handguns. Since like 66 since or 60. 1966. Yeah. Over that same period of time, 930,000, there's been 930,000 homicide victims. So it's 0.001%. Right. I mean, where is the party of law and order? Well, I think that what we've got, and this is important, is that the um, elected officials are representing a citizenry which is still, I think, a little too first world fat and happy with the blessings that we we have been bestowed in this country um with you know relative to history a still robust strong economy uh relative to history of the world um a safe country because of previous actions where we've had people at a law and order focus and have kept our communities relatively safe a strong military that keeps us relatively safe we unlike israel don't have 130,000 rockets sitting right across yeah. our border in Lebanon, run by Hezbollah, pointed at our homes. We, unlike Israel, don't have to have missile defense in San Antonio because we've got to stop missiles from being fired at us from the uh, Zetas or Gulf Cartel right across the Rio Grande River. But don't kid yourself that this isn't coming to a theater near you if we don't do our job to actually secure our border, have a strength in the Western Hemisphere, demonstrate resolve against criminal elements and against uh, the corruption of the military and the, and the uh, leadership in Mexico and throughout the, re- the rest of the Western Hemisphere in many places. And this is what's coming to us. And, and this is what I'm thinking to your question. The American people don't feel it. Can you imagine what the American people would do if there were 130,000 missiles sitting in Tamaulipas or sitting right across the Rio Grande Valley? Yet, Or the- could you imagine if every one of these cases got the El Paso level media saturation? Right. No, I mean, you know, in every single one of the uh, violent murders and rapes and the total numbers and what's happening in Chicago. I mean, if you look at the numbers of what's going on in Chicago, it makes El Paso look like a kindergarten event. It's, by, by the way, Chip, pop quiz. Do you know the most wanted man in uh, Chicago? Uh, nope. It, sorry, but I don't want to put yeah, you on the no. spot here. It's El Mencho. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 The yeah. CJNG cartel head. Yes. So, you know, the border is is it's Chicago. Yeah. It's it's everywhere. I saw a great National Geographic um video, and and I'm going to mark this down here, folks. We'll put it up on the screen uh, when we uh, produce this show. It's actually a National Geographic um uh, documentary on the cartels, where the Bloods and the Crips are on screen saying if they don't do certain things, the cartels will kill them. They're running what used to be more domestic type of gangs. Right. They're running them. And that's why the gruesomeness you're seeing 
the burnings and the and the beheadings and you're starting to see that and and this is my concern chip you got full-scale terrorism on the mexican side right across the river you got the bullets being shot across the river both likely from the stray bullets from the intracartel fights that you're seeing in roma laredo um but also um directly at our border patrol 50 cal uh machine gun fire likely was what was fired at at um a border patrol uh, riverine units and then subtly in all 50 states they got their networks and yet chip could you riddle me this two more american soldiers were killed in afghanistan fighting yeah. for a non-existent border yesterday what the heck you know, and I, I'm thankful for you for telling me that. I didn't see that we lost two more of our brave um, soldiers over there uh, yesterday because I was, I was traveling yeah. and didn't see my news. I'll see my clips this morning, but um, yeah, it just breaks my heart. Uh, and and a, a, a thirty second aside on that, you know, I represent Fort Sam Houston. I represent uh, the Army Futures Command. I represent almost ninety thousand veterans, and I'm sick and tired of of uh, the fact that we've got one percent, less than one percent of the American population is carrying the burden of our being overseas and engaging and fighting. That is the opposite of what I just witnessed in Israel, where because of mandatory service, everybody goes in and serves in the armed forces and uh, has a uh, a feel and a stake in what it takes to secure a nation. And um, I don't know why we're continuing to operate under a 17-year authorization of force without a national commitment to the purpose of what we need to carry out. I'm not suggesting, and I don't think you would either, that we don't need to continue to do some things uh, in Afghanistan, Syria, and other places in the Middle East to stop bad guys. What I'm suggesting is we need to do it with a clear mission and a clear purpose and understanding of what we're doing. But we need to not forget that our backyard, our neighbors are on fire. So we've got our armed forces way over, you know, 50 blocks away. But our neighborhood, our next door neighbors are on fire. Tamaulipas is a level four state where you would not send your children. You personally would not travel. We've got level three and uh, four and two areas in the Northern Triangle. We've got Venezuela, which is completely breaking down. Mexico, which is run heavily by the cartels, cartels that have operational control of our border. And I can go on and on and on about the state of the Western Hemisphere, which is in fact our backyard. And a recent poll was done that said if anybody in the world, and you know, asking polls, if you could drop everything and come to the United States in the next 24 hours, would you? And some 600 million people <laughs> would do that. And of course, God bless them, I would too. I would yeah. want that, but we can't do that. We can't do that for our own sovereignty and our own safety, but we can't do that for those who seek to come here. It wouldn't be good. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be, be good. America. It wouldn't be good for the stability of the world. It's not good for Guatemala and Honduras and El Salvador that so many people are flooding here. They're worried about it. Their countries are worried about it. We've got to have a rational, national sovereignty uh, discussion about securing the United States, securing our border, stopping this ridiculous uh, open borders uh, 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 policies of the United States. I'm, I'm glad the president, uh, the administration has been slow to get there, uh, partly because of the bureaucracy, but other things. I'm glad to see what they did yesterday with Flores. Uh, it's a step. They need to keep going further. We need to reform our asylum laws, can, you know, hold the line on Flores and make sure they actually follow through with what they put out yesterday. We need to make sure we fund ICE. We've got places to put people. We need to designate these cartels as foreign terrorist organizations and go after them. There are so many steps that we could take right now without the need of a crazy leftist Democrat Congress. Just go do it under current law. Don't let judges stand in the way. Ignore these radical judges that get in the way. 
And if a judge wants to somehow come in and say that we can't do this, do it. Because that's your Article 2 duty as the President of the United States, and we should do it. it, it it's that simple. And I'm glad he brought up the court. So many other issues. Um, for our listeners, I'm giving you homework as well as <laughs> Congressman Roy. I'm giving you a home, homework, too. Yeah. you got to watch yesterday's episode, 476, with Colonel Dan Steiner. Okay. He commanded uh, Texas military forces under Rick Perry. Mm -hmm. And he made exactly these points. He vividly painted the picture for us how the cartels are getting more emboldened. It's about a lot more than drugs. It's right across our border. It's on our border. Yep. It's on our side of the border. And he, you know, he was in the Middle East yep. and he understands it. But I just don't understand. We're a divided country, but there should be nothing political about prioritizing nope. what are our threats. And I just really look forward to you and some others trying to spawn this discussion in the in the coming days and weeks. Well, my, my biggest plan, Rogers, and I'm going to have to head out here to a, 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 yep. a strategy meeting. But um, my biggest plan here, Rogers, is to try to get enough people sort of pulled together and hit back in September and get on offense. And uh, I don't really care what Nancy Pelosi has in store for us because it'll be garbage. It'll be too big a spending. It'll be uh, non-law and order. It'll be taking away your rights because that's all they ever do when they put bills on the floor of the House of Representatives. We're going to go back there and we're going to message and we're going to try to elevate more conversations about securing the border, making sure that we've got uh, law and order in place. And uh, Dana, I appreciate what you do. And thanks for having me on. Perfect. Well, there you go, folks. That was Congressman Chip Roy, Texas 21. And you guys could go to chiproy.com if you want to make sure he stays in office. And that's the thing. There are people in districts that are 10 times safer for conservatives than where Chip is because of the changing demographics, and they refuse to speak out. And here he is. He's firing on all cylinders. We didn't even have time because he had to go to a meeting. We didn't have time to get to the debt and the budget and economic issues and health care. But look what he said on the courts very clearly. This is a separate branch of government. Do we have three branches of government equal and really the courts lower in most respects than the other two branches and certainly the congressionally created lower courts, not just the Supreme Court? Or does any district judge stand atop of Congress, all 50 states and the president? That's a simple question that needs to be answered. And I think you know the answer to that. Nothing matters until that's dealt with. And then there's the fact that nobody else wants to speak out about these insane cases. I mean, just this case I referenced at the beginning of the show, Montgomery County, Maryland, this latest rape case, which is just, I mean, it's just out of control. I'm looking here, and the details we know so far, to me, are a very sad metaphor to what's going on to America, all of us. 28-year-old Luis Perez Giron of Montgomery Village, Maryland, molested and tried to rape a 12-year-old while his wife was in labor at the hospital. While his wife was giving birth. Think about that, friends. While his wife was giving birth. So you have an illegal alien who... They have three children. He was a Guatemalan native. So we have child molester, illegal aliens, molesting while their wives are giving birth to anchor babies, saddling us 
illegally with their kids. And nobody questions this notion that any organism that gets its way into our country for any reason, no matter what we do to keep them out, and they drop a baby, and they could be the worst criminals, no, they're a citizen. It's not true. 130 years of case law, including the man who wrote the Wong Kim Ark so-called birthright citizenship decision in 1898, said that if you are here illegally, it's as if you are physically outside of our country, because of, of course you can never unilaterally assert jurisdiction. And he said explicitly in Wong Kim Ark that the kid is an automatic citizen if the parent has permission to reside here. It's almost a verbatim quote. I didn't get the exact quote there, but um, you could look it up. Google Wong Kim Ark, Justia, or, or Cornell Law. You could pull up the case and um, Google like per permitted to reside or one of those words and you'll find it. We just accept this. Oh, because the courts are going to do this. I don't understand. So the courts stand on top of the food chain? They have the final say over every single important issue? And why is Chip the only one speaking out against this? We need a revolution on sanctuary cities, and that's really where we're going to continue tomorrow. If nothing else happens, we're going to pick up from this. But I want to read to you what one of our listeners, Stephen, thank you for sending this to me. This is from KTTH in Washington State, Jason Rance. The lengths to which sanctuaries are going to engage a new confederate just thwarting a federal law enforcement. They're going so far to protect criminal aliens that they're now protecting all criminals. King County Sheriff's Office proactively halted access to an important tool their deputies used to share and receive important information on active investigations and even traffic stops. And he goes on to note, it's called LINCS, the Law Enforcement Information Exchange. It allows officers basically to interact with each other and they could see all the information of, hey, there's a guy named this that's just on the loose here. Or this guy's doing this. And it's relevant for traffic stops, active investigations, follow-ups on cold cases. It's just it's a simple tool. Last week, Sheriff Mitzi Johankrecht reluct reluctantly cut access to links over concerns it would be used indirectly by ICE to deport illegal immigrants. So they're now taking away a tool. Really, you should actively search them. Meaning, again, if by definition you're on law enforcement's radar, it's not just for immigration violations. It's because you did something else wrong. We should all agree as a society, liberal, conservative, everything in between, that we don't want other countries criminals. This is not even an issue that, oh, maybe, God forbid, it could rope in a non-criminal illegal alien that belongs out of the country. But these are exclusively criminals, but so much so that they want to protect every illegal they could possibly get their hands on, every criminal illegal alien that they're willing to cut a vital law enforcement tool that will make it harder to investigate and solve cases of all criminals. Imagine if the American people would know about this. Where are the Republicans? Well, I'll tell you, we're going to continue to name and shame them. Tomorrow's show, we're going we're gonna to go through all these recent cases, not all of them because we don't even have time, 
but many of the critical cases. But again, we need to help people like Chip Roy. If you have questions for Chip that you want me to ask him, even though he only represents one district, he's almost like the national elected official for the forgotten American taxpayer, forgotten concerned citizen that doesn't want to be raped by this invasion. Criminal aliens taking advantage of us, leaving us with endless medical bills, and then harming, maiming, raping, child molesting. There's not a single other Republican who's consistently talking about this like Chip. So I certainly really appreciate him joining us today. We're going to have him on as a regular guest um, with our revamp show. Really, guys, if you're listening through iTunes, Stitcher, make sure to go to our YouTube page and watch the videos because that will help get this to a new audience. This is a type of show you're not going to see elsewhere. So like our videos, subscribe to our YouTube page at Conservative Review. Read our articles at conservativereview.com. They're all worthwhile, worth your time. And follow me at rmconservative. And if you have comments, questions, concerns, or just all-around feedback, email me at dhorowitz at blazemedia.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for your time. And God bless you all.